Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Tonight, we have a very important study on spiritual perception. I think it's very, very important that we pay attention because it's critical to our life and destiny. Let's pray. Let's get into the word. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders, and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' name. Can I get a good amen? amen. Alright, so what, what I want to teach tonight, I, I want you to pay very close attention because... It boils down not only to a particular area of our life, but almost every area of our life. And it's the issue of spiritual perception, to develop spiritual sensitivity. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to continue next week, Wednesday. It's going to be a two-part series. But this uh, particular Wednesday, I would lay the theological foundation. And next Wednesday, I'll do a bit more practical application. Alright? So, uh, follow me carefully. I want us to read a story first. That's actually where I'm picking this story from. I read it, you know, a couple of years back and something stood out for me. It's a long story, but it's an important story. So, come with me to Acts chapter 27. Um, in Acts chapter 27, this was almost towards the death uh, of Paul. Because Acts, the book of Acts, actually ended in uh, chapter 28. So Paul at this stage was being sent to Rome to be judged. Okay? So they were traveling. So if you look at chapter 27 verse 1 we actually are going to read up to uh, verse 30. It's about 30 verses of, of scriptures. But I want to follow the story because it's a story. I'm going to highlight a couple of points then I'm going to come back. When it was decided that we would sail for Italy they proceeded to deliver Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the August Augustan cohort named Julius and embarking in an Andromitian ship which was about to sail to the regions along the coast of Asia we put out to the sea accompanied by Aristarchus a Macedonian of Thessalonica the next day we put in at Sidon and Julius treated Paul with consideration and allowed him to go to his friends and receive care remember at this stage Paul was a prisoner from there we put out to sea and sailed under the shelter of Cyprus because the winds were contrary when we had sailed through the sea along the coast of Sicilia and Parthelia, we landed at Myria in Lycia. There the centurion found an, an Alexandrian ship sailing for Italy and he put us aboard it. So the power was transferred into this uh, ship heading to Italy. When we had sailed slowly for good many days and we had difficulty had arrived at Synodos, since the wind did not permit us to go farther, we sailed under the shelter of Crete of Salmon. And with difficulty sailing past it, we came to a place called Fair Heavens, near which was the city of Lacia. When considerable time had passed, the voyage was now dangerous, since even the fast was already over. Paul began to admonish them. So, now pay very close attention to this story, because the story will give you the foundation to what we're teaching. Now, Paul was to go to Italy. They were taking him as a prisoner to Italy. There were over a hundred plus prisoners in this ship. Now, there were some natural difficulties in this journey, okay? Because then, in those days, uh, the, the ship didn't, they weren't sophisticated 
machines like this. So they actually were sailing with the help of the wind. Okay. So there were some natural difficulties. Verse 10. And said to them, Men, now pay very close attention. I perceive. That's the word. Underline that word. I perceive. Now, let me say this here because we're going to read and I want you to pay attention to it. At this time, God hadn't spoken to Paul about anything. It was just him perceiving. Now, understand also, Paul was not perceiving this because of the natural difficulty. It wasn't because of that the things were bad. So he says, I perceive that the voyage will certainly be with damage and great loss. Not only of cargo and ship, but also of our lives. So look at this. Paul says, I perceive that this voyage will end badly. Right? Now he said three things. Pay very close attention to Paul's perception. Paul says three things. He says, number one, what's there? Talk to me. Number one is what? There'll be great damage. There'll be great, great loss. Not only of what? The cargo, the ship, but of what? Of lives. His perception. Okay. Now read on. But the centurion was more persuaded by the pilot and the captain of the ship than by what was being said by Paul. Now, I'd ask you a question, right? Pay close attention. I'd ask you a question. Example. Let's say there's a group of prisoners. I wanted to say we're all prisoners, but that wouldn't be a good example. <laughs> Alright, so let's say a group of prisoners were traveling on the boats. And one particular prisoner comes up and says, I perceive that these boats will be in danger. But the captain of the boat comes and says, I don't think so. We're going to say, who would you listen to? The captain. Right? Who would you listen to? The captain. Because obviously, if 120 20 plus lives were put in the hands of this captain, he wasn't just an ordinary captain. He was good at what he is doing. Right? Okay, so let's go on. So, because the harbor was not suitable for wintering, the majority reached a decision now three decisions here first of all this young man not a young man this man called Paul who is a prisoner stands up and says I perceive that this thing is going to end well right the pilot comes and says I think we can sail then majority of the people says you know what we can sail so who was on one side now Paul was on one side and remember, Paul was a prisoner. He hadn't introduced himself as... Now, why am I taking my time to go through this? Don't see Paul as an apostle that you see him. Those guys didn't see him like that. They saw him like a prisoner that should be transported to a higher security prison. The majority had this. The captain had this. So we had expert knowledge, we had public opinion, or we had majority opinion. Right on. Um, verse 12 because the harbor was not suitable for wintering the majority reached the decision to put out to the sea from there if somehow they could reach Phoenix a harbor of crates facing southwest and northwest and spend the window there when a moderate south wind came up now let me pause again follow me if the captain did not feel it was safe remember Paul said three things Paul said this ship will be lost there will be much damage and lives will be lost. That was including the, lives of, the life of the captain. If the captain wasn't sure that it was good to sail, he wouldn't sail. Do you agree? Because there was no way the captain was going to sail and other people would die and he would not die. So we can agree 
that Paul did not make this decision just by natural uh, natural occurrence because if he had used natural occurrence the pilot of course who has been sailing for years would also use those natural occurrence to say hey come on I don't think we can sail this guy is correct do we agree on that alright so let's go on then when the moderate south wind came up supposing that they had attained their purpose what's their purpose now to sail they weighed anchor and began sailing along crates closing shore <laughs> verse 14 but before very long they were rushed down from the land a violent wind called Ericualo. And all these winds can have very nice names. Some of you will look for names of children. If you want to name your child Wild Wind, instead of saying, this is my boy, his Wild Wind, call him Ericualo. <laughs> and when the ship was caught in it and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and let ourselves be driven along. See what's happening here. The captain was sailing. This wind comes. The wind is so powerful. The captain cannot sail against the wind. He allows the wind to start driving them. And verse 16 running under the shelter of a small island called Cladwell we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control after they had hosted it up they used supporting cables in undergetting the ship and fearing that they might run aground on the shallows of city as they let down the sea anchor and in this way let themselves be driven along the next day as we were being violently stormed tossed they began to jettison the cargo they began to throw things out and on the third day they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands since neither sun nor stars appeared for many days <laughs> and no small storm was assailing for us from there on all hope of our being saved look at this look at this look at that phrase what's that phrase telling you all hope of our being saved was gradually abandoned do you think what Paul said at the beginning was true but you realize that all the conditions the Bible says in verse 13 that a moderate wind came and they felt you know what we can go on you know the challenge this is how many believers live their life can I tell you something you don't have a clue about the future you have to trust the inward witness And gradually, every, ah, it's just a small wind. Don't worry. It's just a small wind. Before you know, it says the hope of being saved was lost. Gradually, gradually. <laughs> when they had gone a long while without food, in fact, for 14 days, as we read on yourself, for 14, they were not eating anymore. And all the people that said, we can sail. <laughs> Even captain. Then Paul stood up in their midst and said, men, you ought Listen, listen. You ought to have followed whose advice? Paul did not say you ought to have followed God's advice. Now, this teaching is building up from the first teaching I taught on mastering Satan's deception. Then, uh, what I taught last week, Wednesday, right? Was it last Wednesday? I taught on spirit, soul, and body, living from the spirit. Now, Paul, by what is perceived, say, hey, you guys should have listened to my advice. Now, why am, I, why am I insisting this came out of the spirit of Paul? Because of the next thing Paul is going to say. Then he says, verse what now? 21, right? When they had gone a long time without food, then Paul stood up in their midst and said, Man, you ought to have followed my advice and not to have sailed from Crete and incurred this damage and loss. So, out of the three things Paul said, two had already come to pass. One, damage and loss had come to pass. Okay. Yet now, 
I urge you to keep your courage for there will be no loss of life among you but only of the sheep. For this very night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood by me. So this second time Paul stood up he wasn't speaking from spiritual perception he was now talking based on what God told him. Do you understand the difference? Did you, I need you to get this. Did you get this? The first time Paul stood up, he didn't say, God told me. He says, I perceive. So his spirit picked up, up something that was going to happen and he gave advice based on what his spirit picked up. And when his spirit picked it up, he said, three things are going to happen. The, the chief will be lost, cargo will be lost, there will be damage, and all of us are going to die. <laughs> but he now says, tonight... An angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood before me, saying, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you. You know, when I read this, when I read this, that's the reason you cannot die in an accident. It doesn't matter what the other people have done. Look at what Paul said. Look at what the Bible said. God has granted you and all those who are sailing with you. It means that God, because of you, has preserved the life of everybody traveling with you. That's why you should not play with your spirit man. You don't know who you are keeping alive by walking with God. You don't know. You don't know people who are still living today because you have a walk with God. You don't know how many cars would have had accidents but people were saved because you are there. You see, we have always talked about the power of evil, but we haven't built enough faith in the power of righteousness. Abraham said to God, if you found ten righteous men, will you destroy Sodom? And God says, if I find ten, I wouldn't. It means they were not up to ten in the whole of Sodom. That were righteous. Including Lot's family. And all the people working for Lot. There's power in righteousness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That is why, again, it's important who you hook up with. It's important who you're connected with. It's important who you're linked with. God has men. God still walks through men. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you realize that your life is not only for you, you'll be more cautious. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, talk to me. Are you here tonight? If you realize that, you see, this life I'm living is not only just because of me, that everybody connected with me gets a blessing of it, gets a protection of it. You will be more deliberate. But let's, let's, let's leave that. God has granted you, all those who are sailing with you. Therefore, keep up your courage, men, for I believe God that it will turn out exactly as I've been told. So, I want you to observe something. The one thing that changed when God met Paul by the angel was that you know what the people have been given to you so there will be loss of sheep do we agree hey come on are you with me there will be what loss of sheep there will be loss of cargo there will be damage but people will not die because God wanted to preserve them so pay attention it means that what um, it means that what Paul picked up by perception was accurate. Do you follow this? What Paul picked up by perception was accurate. 
The only thing God changed there was because God actually wanted Paul to still appear. So God saved life. So Paul was not wrong in what he picked up. Did you follow that? Okay, so let's read on. But we must run aground on a certain island. But when the fourteenth night came, as we were being driven about in the Andrake Sea, about midnight, the sailors began to surmise that they were approaching some land. They took soundings and found it to be twenty fathoms. And a little further on, they looked another sounding and found it to be fifteen fathoms. Fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. But as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea on the pretext of intending to lay out the anchors from the bow, Paul said to the centurion, to the soldiers, unless these men remain in the ship, you yourself cannot be saved. Can you see what the sailors were doing? <laughs> the Bible says they pretended. to. They wanted to run. So Paul told them, Paul told them, he says, see, unless you guys are here, you won't be saved. What they don't understand is that their safety has been given to the hands of Paul. It, it, it was not that smartness they were going to play. It was, not, it was not that logic they were going to... Are you hearing what I'm saying? We can't always drive our lives by logic. That's what I talked about, spirit, soul, and body. That intellectual mind. That reasoning. That's why our spirit has to be developed to the extent where we can pick up things and make decisions by the spirit. Can perceive things. So the sailors wanted to pretend. That's why you see that sometimes the people you lean on professionally, when danger comes, they will run and leave you. It's, look at Read it now. It's in the Bible. Look at it here. Look at It's clear here. Look at that. It says, <laughs> verse... 20. Fearing that we might run aground somewhere on the rocks, they cast four anchors from the stern and wished for daybreak. But as the sailors were trying to escape from the ship and had let down the ship's boat into the sea, on the pretense of intending to lay out anchors from the boat. So everybody in the ship would think these sailors are helping them. The guys were on their way out. Paul now again said to them, Unless these men remain in the ship, you yourself cannot be saved. Then the soldiers cut away the ropes of the ship's boat and let it fall away. On the day, the day was about to dawn. Paul was encouraging them all to take some food. Saying, today is the 14th day. You have been constantly watching and going without eating. Have, and having taken nothing. 14 days, 2 weeks. They were on the sea. You know when you are about to die, you lose appetite for food. Turkey doesn't look nice anymore. That's why you see when you stay with sick people and they say, eat this. Eh? That's why sometimes you see when you're taking care of sick sick person, the person taking care of the person is getting fat. Because everybody wants the sick person to eat. They say, what will you like? And in their own heart, they'll say, bring pepper soup. Then they bring pepper soup. They say, I don't like it again. They say, no, don't, don't stress yourself. Don't. <laughs> then they say, what will you like? Say fish. You just, go, I, of course, I mean, in every labor there is profit. Right? So they, for 14 days they were not eating. Listen, all of this would, would have been prevented if they followed the inward witness. Some sufferings on, in life are unnecessary. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some sufferings in life are unnecessary. Some of the things you're going through now, God has already warned you before. What I'm trying to teach you tonight is this. This is majorly how God will lead you. You perceive things in your spirit. You pick things in your spirit. 
But I'll teach you next week how you need to walk your spirit. Now, where, where you need to pay attention, because people come up with all kinds of things and say, my spirit says, I perceive this. This is not suspicion. That's why I said, whatever he picked up agreed with what God said. Do you understand? What his spirit picked up was not different from what the angel said. The only thing the angel said is, listen, we will save lives. At the end of the day, the ship was lost, cargo was lost, everything Paul said was going to happen, happened. So it means that when a man's spirit picks up things, it's not different from what God would have said. So your spirit cannot pick up things and then it's different from actually what God, because it's actually the spirit of God with your spirit that's picking up those things. Are we together? Alright. So therefore I encourage you, verse 34, uh, to take some food, for this is for your preservation. <laughs> for not a hair from the head of any of you will perish. Having said this, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of all. And he broke it and began to eat. All of them were encouraged. And they themselves also took food. <laughs> All of us in the ship were 276 persons. Look at how 276 people would have died just by not listening to one man who could pick things in the spirit. Look at how many lives would have been lost through professional advice, through public opinion. Majority cannot govern your life. What everybody says is right cannot be right except God says is right for you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And this is critical because in the days we're going, there's abundance of advice. There's abundance of counselors, both professional and unprofessional. Look at this. When they had eaten enough, they began to lighten the sheep by throwing out the wheat into the sea. So they ate enough and they began to lose things. When they came, they could not recognize the land, but they observed the bay with the beach, and they resolved to drive the ship onto it if they could, and casting off the anchors, they left them in the sea, while at the same time, they were loosening the ropes of the lurder, hosting the foresail, you know, and they were heading for the beach. But striking a reef where two seas met, they ran the vessels aground, and the pros struck fast and remained immovable, but the stern began to be broken up by the force of the waves. So you could see that they tried all they could to actually get this ship safe. But the, the ship <laughs> didn't, didn't make it. Alright? The soldier's plan was to kill the prisoners so that none of them would swim away and escape. This will tell you that these guys still do not believe what Paul was saying. Look at this. But then the centurion wanted to bring Paul safely through, kept them from their intention, and commanded that those who could swim should jump overboard first and get to the land. And the rest should follow some on planks, others on various things from the ship. And so it happened that they were all brought safely to the land. So maybe you went to buy uh, a bag of jewelries for business. <laughs> now the ship was being broken. And then people were picking things to swim. And then somebody picked your bag of jewelries and lied on top. And you, you know, you'll be swimming to survive, but you'll be looking at the bag of jewelry. <laughs> people just pick things. Survivor mood. At the end of the day, it was only the people that were saved according to God's instruction. There is nothing assured in this life except it's rooted in the word of God. Don't ever forget that. Listen to me. The economy of this world is not assured. The institutions of this world are not assured. That's why in this ministry, we always emphasize the word. The only thing, listen to me tonight, 
child of God. The only thing as we are sitting here we can bank on is what God had said and his word. Not how much you have in the bank accounts. One policy from the government can render that useless. Are you following what I'm saying? Your life must be anchored on the word. You must trade on the word. Okay, so we've read the story. So you understand where we're coming from with this teaching, right? Perception. Spiritual perception. How Paul perceived this thing. So that's the foundation. Let's, let's do the theology. We'll come back to this story next week and I'll pick out a few things. But let's just do a theology of it. So the word perceive um, is used 57 times in the New Testament. Alright? Used 57 times in the New Testament. Now there are seven Hebrew words and seven Greek words that are translated perceive. Now, you don't need to write the Greek words. You can just pick up the English words or get the tape later and just listen to it again. To perceive is not just to suspect. It's not just to say, I don't like this person. Something inside of me. That something is not correct. This is not something. This is spiritual knowledge. So in the Hebrew, in the Old Testament, is used for the word to understand. Being, B-I-N, to understand. It's also the Hebrew word Tam, T-A-A-T-A-A-M. It means to test, to taste something or to perceive. So it means to understand, to taste or to perceive. It's the word yada, to know, to be acquainted with. To know or to be acquainted with. It's also the word nakar, it means to discern. So when we talk about to perceive, we're not just saying you suspect something. It's almost like a second knowledge to you. You just know. You discern. You understand. It's factual. It's real. Ra, it means to see. R-O-A-H. To see. Shur, S-H-U-R. It means to behold. And Shamayer, it means to hear. So to perceive, some of the words translated to perceive in the Old Testament means to understand, to taste, to perceive, to know, to be acquainted with, to discern, to see, to behold, to hear. Now I'm going to give you New Testament examples and Old Testament examples of that. In the New Testament, there are also several words used for the word perceive. The first one means to perceive, astanomaya. It means to perceive. It means to perceive. Then there's another word called blepo. It means to understand, to see or to understand. Also, part of the word perceive then ginosko to begin to know to begin to know just as Paul began to know what was going to happen even though the natural conditions were good you know that's what happened to Lot the Bible says Abraham told Lot says choose wherever it's, the Bible now says and, and we'll talk about that next week when we we'll look at the practical application it says Lot saw Sodom before God destroyed it I don't know if you pay attention to that. He said he saw Sodom before it was destroyed. Which means that what the Sodom lot picked looked green today. But in the future was going to be destroyed. By the time God was done with Sodom, everything Lot carried to Sodom, he didn't, he didn't get it. And his valentine became salt. So if, if Lot were to do Happy Valentine today, look at it, the bag of salt. Right? His wife became salt. So he actually did not live with anything. 
Do you realize that when Christians make dumb decisions, they can lose the blessing that God already placed in their lives? Because God already blessed Lot through his association with Abraham, but Lot made a decision where he lost everything. Or he loses everything. Or keeps losing everything. If he keeps making dumb decisions. That's why one of the things you should always ask your life when decree starts coming is what decision have I made? Because God's decision always brings increase. If people were conversant in their lives, watch at what point your life began to go down. Right? Watch at what point increase stopped, favor stopped, retrace. Go back there. Go back there. And says, hey, listen. That's if you've experienced increase before. Right? Because that's not God's plan for us. God's plan for us is not to bless us and bring us down. Am I right? So every time we start experiencing a level of decrease, we need to track back and say, hey, what decisions have I made or who have I joined myself with? Because Lord left Abraham and joined himself to the folks in Sodom. Let's, let's leave that. Okay. New Testament. The other one is old die. It means to see, to know, to be acquainted with. Then there's epigenosco, to know about. Now, ginosco is to begin to know. Epigenosco is to know fully. Right? So these are different words for knowledge. Ginosco means I'm starting to know. Epigenosco means I have full knowledge of it. Correct, accurate knowledge of it. Then there's huresco, it means to find, to discover. To find, to discover. Teoro, to see. To see. Then another word used there is the Greek word katalambano. It means to take a hold of. So perception means to take thoroughly, to apprehend. So you have a knowledge of it. Why I'm using all these words, and why I'm trying to teach you all of this, is perception is not suspicion. When you perceive something, you might not be able to describe it, but you know it. I'll tell you, when I got called into the full-time ministry, I didn't have a spectacular visitation. Most of the major decisions I've, done, I've, I've had in my life were through spiritual perception. Just perceive things. Just pick up things. But there is a way to train your spirit. Right? Because if your spirit is not well trained, your soul can give you images. And you can pick up things and walk out of God's will. So that's where spiritual maturity is important. Okay. <laughs> to observe, katanayo, to observe thoroughly with the mind. Alright? Then there's word new to observe with the mind or to see. So these are all the words used for perception. And the reason I, I used all those words is for you to understand that perception is not just a feeling. It's almost like a knowledge. It's almost like a knowledge. I know. I know. It's, this is not guesswork. Praise God. It's almost coming to full accurate knowledge by the inward witness. Remember what I told you when we studied last Wednesday about spirit, soul, and body. The Bible says the spirit of man is what? The candle of the Lord. Do you remember that? Hey, I can't hear you. Do you remember that? The spirit of man is what? The candle of the Lord. So if the Lord wants to speak to you, He will speak to you in your spirit. <laughs> and some of us don't want to hear God until it's who we want to marry. This is the problem. You get it wrong. You cannot only hear God at major turning points in your life if there have been no work. How do you know that's God? Right? God has never told you to develop your character. God has never told you there's pride in your life. God has never told you to come to church early. 
Say amen. God has never told you to serve him well. God has never told you to give. The only time you heard God is when you want to marry. Or, the only time you heard God is when God is calling you to full-time ministry. There's a problem. Because God cannot stop talking to you all your life. And only when he wants to use you is when he calls you. There's a problem. So when people come and say, you know, ah, man of God, man of God, I just feel I have to be in the ministry. I got this call. So I ask them, how has God been leading you all along? Some of them cannot point to directions that God has given to them. It will be risky to hear your, your mother's voice only the day you want to go to school. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do you become comfortable with your mother's voice? Stop it. Drop it. You know, children, when I'm raising children, you just hear, if, if you know where they have just given birth to children, the one word that is very common in any house where a young child is going is stop, stop, stop. If you don't hear stop, that child is not growing. Stop, drop it. Come, stop, drop it. If those words are consistent, the child is growing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So, it is from there the child will now say, You will go to this school. The child never heard stop, never heard drop it, never heard come, never heard go. At 17, just heard the mother's voice. This is the university you are going to. Doesn't work that way. How will God trust you to know that's his voice? You see, that voice that keeps telling you that the way you spoke was rude, go and apologize. That's the pathway to spiritual perception. That's the voice that will save you from accident. Accident time. It will not say, Hey, you don't, you don't die, oh, run. No, no, he won't do that. He won't do that. He will just feel it on the inside of you. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, most of us just feel, Ah, why did God not? No, no. Because he has not been speaking to you like that before. You know, most of us feel like, I don't know how we've been taught about God. We just feel like God can just do what He wants to do. He will just, you know, jack us out. Right? And, you know, put six fingers on our eyes and say, I want you. Can't you see my sixth finger? I am God. It doesn't work that way. See, that little, still, small voice you haven't developed. Huh? will not tell you when there's a big business opportunity. You know how Christianity is? It's daily work. It's daily And that's what we don't want to cultivate. That's why the whole church has been subjected to prophets. You just see people raising their hands like victims. Open my case. Open my case. Speak, Lord. You know, speak, Papa. Oh, oh, you know. And the person just comes and says something. And then he kneels down. And he's, ah! Why should you be shocked about something in your life? You know, I've gone to places where they give me prophetic words. And I'm like, okay, fine. That, I feel that that's the same thing God has been speaking. Do you understand? Somebody gives you a prophetic word. Like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> if I'm in that church, I will flog you. <laughs> What's nonsense? And you know why? Because we've made it look like the voice of God is mysterious. 
See how Paul spoke about when the angel appeared to him. It was casual. He says, the angel of the Lord. Look at what he said. Whose I am and whom I serve. Those are statements of confidence. A man who had a walk with God. He didn't just say, ah, an angel appeared tonight. Hey, you people want to... He just said, listen, an angel came to me but eats food. These guys walked with God as their casual life. There was no big thing about it. And that's where I want to get every one of you to. You should be able to say, this thing I'm doing, I have a perception in my spirit about it. This is where God wants me. And come hell or high water, you are there. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you still here? Alright, let's go on. So the calling dictionary defines to become aware of something through senses, especially sight, but this is a natural definition. To come out to comprehend about something. Alright? So, you can check the Collins Dictionary. I write that in your notes. There's natural perception and there's spiritual perception. Alright? So, what the dictionary talked about is more physical perception. Alright? So, there's physical perception, there's natural perception. Let me give you natural perception. If you have stayed with a nurse before, maybe you grew up with a nurse, or you grew up with some of those old women, grandmothers who have seen several pregnancies in their life, they can look at a young girl. Let me not look at any young person. I think I'm prophesying. Okay? They can look at a young girl and say, this girl is pregnant. It's not spiritual perception. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The girl can just come and say, I'm not pregnant. So they say, bring your ear. <laughs> I don't know. This one is just me talking. And they just bring the ear and they twist this up and say, you're pregnant. Now, that's perception. Because that's not proven. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? That's not proven but is natural perception. Right? And that natural perception, it, it will be accurate because it's been developed over the years. Right? Or, I don't know, but some of the women, when you go for antenatal, right? And the doctors, you know, check your womb and, you know, just, and they tell you this baby is this way. If you tell your husband, to put his hand there, the man will put his hand. <laughs> he say, "Eh, uh-huh. what do you want me to feel?" He say, "Can you not feel anything?" He say, "No, is this intestine?" I say, "No, no, this can't be intestine." You know, because your husband is not trained that way. This tells us that perception is developed by training, and perception grows stronger by use. Nobody gets it right at the first time. I remember the first time I started working in the world of knowledge. <laughs> I told you, right? I think I told you the story. That's why you must learn to recognize when God has stopped working. You know, if you followed me, if, I've been, if you've been in meetings with me, or you've been in some of the meetings where I worked in the gifts of the Spirit, I can give prophetic words to a point, and I'll just stop. And I'll, I'll just, you know, just... I learned the hard way. I remember this meeting. I think I mentioned it before. The man's name was John. Right? I was my friend in Sulege. I went for the meeting. I was pr- finished ministry and I was giving words of knowledge. And uh, this man was very sick. He was in the meeting. So I said, God wants you to forgive. And I mentioned something. And then the, man, the man's wife shouted from another place, No, 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 we cannot. You know, so it was more like the man felt it was the brother that put him and all of that. You know, so, I mean, I was still coming up then. You know that excitement? <laughs> I proceeded further. <laughs> so, uh, 
So I met a man. And I said, I think you're a mechanic. The man said, no. <laughs> and you know, the good thing with me is the way I've been trained, I never profess, I never accept very rare cases. I never give word of knowledge over the mic. So nobody knew. It was only me and the man that knew that. I didn't get it correct. So I just went up quickly, closed my Bible, closed this thing, handed over the mic. And so what I'm saying is, by use, you don't get it at first. Are, are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why God will train you with non-life-threatening situations first. He will train you with things that will not have destiny consequences. Before he will start giving you destiny consequences perception. Do you, do you follow what I'm saying? It, it, you know, God will speak to you about something that, yeah, whether you really obey or not, might not make much of a difference. Right? And that's how you start training, and you start able to know the voice of God from the voice of your mind. And you can know. So, sometimes when you see us walk in the gifts of the Spirit, it is not a spectacular thing in the sense of, you know, I don't know how to explain it, but it's just by walking with God. Just by walking with God. Just by being conscious of. And there are certain times that you can be more developed in some areas than in other areas because you pay attention to those areas. Praise God. Are you still here? Are you, are you learning something today? Okay, so let's look at perception in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, I told you, on earth walked as 100% man and 100% God. He didn't use his, you know... It wasn't like he was operating with a God. Um, let, me, let me say this now so that you don't get it confused. He operated on the earth to show us how we can operate on the earth. I think that's a better way to put it. So Luke chapter 5 and verse 22. Come with me to Luke 5, 22. Perception, spiritual perception. Luke 5, 22. Um, verse 22 says... But Jesus, now look at this. The Bible says, aware. Uh, let's have the New King James Version, if you can, please. Praise God. But when Jesus did what? Perceived. What did Jesus perceive? Their thoughts. Now, what does the New American Standard Bible say? He became what? Aware. Go back to the NSB. He, when Jesus became aware right of their thoughts Luke 5.22 are you there? but Jesus aware of their reasonings now that word is epigenosco he was fully aware of their reasoning answered and said to them why are you reasoning in your hearts? so he picked up the reasoning in people's hearts so I'll give you an example I was ministering somewhere. I can't remember where I was ministering. And I was ministering in the spirits, giving words of knowledge, prophesying over people. And I had closed the meeting. I had closed. I was turning over the mic to my host. Then I picked up that someone, it, it was a lady actually, just in my spirit, just became aware that someone was just feeling like, ah, so this man has finished. He did not even talk about me. You know, I just picked up that thought. So I said, oh, okay, there's a lady here and this is your thought. You, she, just, she just raised her hand. So I said, well, I don't know what the issue is, but the Lord wanted me to hear what you were thinking just to tell you that he cares about you. Right? That was picking up thoughts. Now, please, 
please <laughs> please I beg you in the name of Jesus Christ and his 12 disciples don't go to work tomorrow and say you are thinking about thinking about are your perceiving <laughs> they will sack you okay please so understand what I'm teaching and you know the challenge sometimes with uh, ministers not wanting to teach this thing is because of people going on the excess of it but the truth of the matter is that people going to the excess does not mean people should not be aware of what the truth of God's word is. So you can actually pick up people's thoughts. Okay? <laughs> this is not suspicion. Please, I'm begging again. Okay? Just see your husband say, mm, I pick your thoughts. You don't want to give me that money. <laughs> that, that, please. Okay? But these things are not man-initiated. That's very important. So I cannot just sit here and decide, I want to. Mm -mm. I think that's where I, I get a bit of issue with people who operate in the prophetic. It's almost like we are the ones to choose. No, 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 no. See, God is still sovereign. Alright? So, perceiving the thoughts and the hearts of people. Now, go to Luke chapter 9. I just want to show you in the ministry of Jesus and then in the Old Testament... Uh, come with me to Luke chapter 9 um, verse 47 but Jesus knowing knowing what they were thinking in their heart took a child and stood by his side the disciples were arguing about the greatest right yeah they were arguing about the test of greatness yeah they were arguing about greatness so Jesus knowing their thoughts or perceiving their thoughts took a child and did what Give an example. So that's that's perception. The Greek word used there is oida. Mark two eight. Mark chapter two. Perception in the life of Jesus, so in the ministry of Jesus. Mark chapter two. Come with me quickly. Mark chapter two. Go to verse eight. Immediately Jesus aware. Now pay attention to this. That word again. If you use the new uh, King James, says perceive. Immediately Jesus aware where. I want you to pick that. That's very important. Where was Jesus aware? So this was not his mind. This was not his reasoning. Right? So Jesus aware in his spirit that they were reasoning that way within themselves. Said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? It's just aware. You know, there are certain times I've taught, I've been teaching like this, and I will feel the resistance to the teaching. I'll just be aware that someone in the congregation is probably not comfortable with the statement I made, then I'll use another example. I might not know who, I mean, I mean, not looking at people's faces, but you can be aware in your spirit. So look at the seat of awareness, your spirit. That's why one of the goals you must set for your life this year is to develop your spirit, man. Listen, it will save you. Praise God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And if you are married, both of you need to develop your spirit, man, so that where one is not picking up things, the other person is picking it up. Two of you cannot just be in the house and not pick up anything. Children can also be trained just to hear the voice of the Lord. Are, are you following this now? And this is daily exercise. This is daily exercise. Daily walk. These are the tools God has given to us for victory. That's the truth. You see, all the victory we want to acquire in this life, these are the things God has given to us. Nothing else. There's nothing else. I'll tell you, when... The truth of the matter is that this year, we didn't have the plan of going to 
Port Harcourt. It wasn't there. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, I had planned a couple of trips I needed to do. When I was going to U.S. Uh, for Southwest Believers Convention, I was just reading about something and I, I, I came across a man on Facebook, uh, Mark Faraguse. He's planted a couple of churches and I just felt in my spirit buy the book he wrote. He's reading only one book. So I ordered the book and when I was flying, I was reading the book all through the plane. And then he was talking about his story, how he planted a church in Perth, uh, Australia, and also how to plant a church in Malaysia, and he was shuttling between two churches. When I got to that story, I just felt on my inside, you'll be doing this shortly. There was no clue, nothing. There was nothing planned in the natural. But I read that book, you know, the book really ministered to me, and then I, you know, went, of course, had the meetings and all that, and God began to put those thoughts, and God began to put those thoughts in our heart. That's how the Lord, you know, led. It's not every time God is going to um, open your eyes, you know, shook some dagger in your ears, and hear me, hear me, hear me, oh, no. We have watched too much movies, and it affects how we think God will speak. You know, when you watch all those movies and you hear that baritone voice, my zone, my zone, my zone, my zone. So you're feeling God is going to talk to you like that, except you're deaf and you're not. God speaks to you where? In your spirit. So where was Jesus aware? In his spirit. Everybody say in his spirit. Alright. So, Luke 20, 23. I hope I can get to the old today. Luke 20, 23. Thank you, Jesus. Alright. This is interesting. Verse 22. Verse 22 says, They came to Jesus and says, Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he dictated their trickery and said to them, That word dictated is katenayo. It means he perceived their trickery. The question was tricky. But he dictated their trickery. Try the NLT. I didn't check it up. But just try. try. Let's see what it says. The NLT or the NIV. He saw through their trickery. He saw through. Alright? Let's see the NIV. He saw through. He dictated their trickery. He saw through it. So when these questions came, he did what? He saw through their duplicity and said to them, okay, go back to the New American Standard. He saw through it. So when the question came, what happened? He perceived that this is a trick question. That's why when you're a child of God, you know, it's not every question that people want you that they really need an answer for. But for some of us, they don't even need to ask us. Before they say, can yes, yes, I can. You have answered. And they've caught you by the words of your mouth. Charles Spurgeon says, most sins are sins of the mouth. There's no how you are talkative and you will not sin. You will grumble, you will complain, you will complain, you will grumble, you will complain. Try it one day. To just keep your mouth shut. You see how faith will arise in your heart. Although some people will talk in their mind. Their mouth will be short, but by the end of the day, they are swollen because there are words within. They will just go, they will just go to the front of the mirror. Can I talk now? Alright. Okay. Matthew 22, 18. Jesus, pick that up. Matthew 22, 18. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Matthew chapter 22. That's why the, the, the believer must learn to listen to the inward witness. Amen. Matthew 22, 18. Are you there? Alright. Matthew 22, 18. <laughs> it says, But Jesus perceived their malice. 
Right? And said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? So not every time people came to listen to Jesus, they came to learn. I remember one time myself and my dad were preaching in South Africa. Finished preaching, a man walked up to us. Can't forget that. Can't forget that. Man walked up to us and said, I heard you Nigerians were coming to preach. He says, and I brought my notes to find fault with your teaching. He says, but I didn't find fault in any of you. I taught and then my dad taught. You know, I had read this about the Pharisees, but I never thought it would happen in real life. From that day, I prepare like there will be critics in the crowd. Because you know, I can be teaching something now, you can just see that they don't mind him. Yeah, my name is all these pastors. If, he, if he's in my shoes, he will not say what he's saying. And that's why I'm not in your shoes. I don't even want to be in your slippers. You see, they came and Jesus saw. So you can pick things up. You can pick when things are trick. You can pick when things are trap. You can pick when business dealings are not straight. Listen to me, child of God. These things are tools for your victory. It's for your life. It's not for me. This is for your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why in life sometimes don't fight over certain things. Right? I remember one time we finished Sorry Camp, a camp meeting we used to do, and two of our girls were traveling back to Uniben then. And they had, they had bought a ticket for the seat. And this woman came arguing, arguing. And they just felt, let the, the seat go. You know, they went to the next vehicle. On their way, they found out that that vehicle had an accident. Sometimes don't insist on things. Don't bring your canal, right? Canal reasoning. Fighting for your right. A looter spirit. You were an SUG president before. You didn't drop it. You, so you fight until you fight to your own death. Say no, they know me. Go and ask my grandmother. But your grandmother is dead. There's no way we're going to ask her. You are a fighter. Nothing goes missing in your hand. You even take other people's battle. You are, you are a representative of the masses. He said, listen to the inward witness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you, you will not in your own hands carry your own letter that sends you to the front of the battle. Listen to your inward witness. God wants to keep you. God wants to preserve you. God wants to protect you. Listen to him. God is not wicked. He wants to bless you. I strongly believe that most people, if you ask them after terrible events have happened, they can go back to when God was preventing them. If you would ask them. If they would be honest. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There was one time I made a bad investment. Yeah, I mean, it was not like I was trying to look for a lot of money. You know, <laughs> two, if I, two incidents. There was one, I mean, it wasn't anything much, maybe like 50 or 60,000. My younger brother wanted to invest in that thing. Immediately I saw it, I just felt there was no, there was not, it was run by a pastor. The pastor had a church in the city. So there was nothing in the natural that made it look like this was going to be fake. But I just felt this thing. So I told him, don't, I said, this thing will not work. I said, this thing is fake. I said, don't worry. Take my 50,000, put on it. If it comes out later, you can. Three months then, story started, story started, story started. The thing didn't work. Then there was a particular one I did. I just, I, I wasn't comfortable at that time. But of course, you know, ah, we have to make money. This is where I just knew that I missed God. Immediately, I just made my transfer. I just felt on my inside. Check Instagram. 
You see, you know, <laughs> you know, when God leads you like that, you know that you're in trouble. Because I had the resistance. I had the resistance. Do you understand that? Even it was interesting because, you know, I, I also convinced Pastor to Pastor Mary to to join me in my error. You know, so her own money was not going. I, I said no problem. So we, we I, you know, and for her, when she's doing something and there's those resistance, she usually would just say wait. But I'm not like that. I'm like you know what. Let's go. This is it. We will be the richest pastors on this island. Let's do it. You know, so we did all these things. You know, immediately, I, the money just went. The next thing I heard on my inside, I check Instagram. Okay. Who am I not to obey the Lord? So I went on Instagram. I started seeing complaints. These people have not paid for two months. These people have not paid for three months. These people You know, and I mean, like I said, it was just normal. I don't want to mention company names, but it was just normal stuff. It wasn't like all those uh, crazy profit things. It's something we've been doing for years. I, I, then I just told her. I said, I told her then. You know, the company sent email. We are going to. I just told her. I said, this money, we won't get it back. I said, let's repent before the Lord and trust the Lord to bless us back. And that's what God did. I knew. When I saw the letter, I just knew. Then my perception was strong. You people, you will not return. But the truth of the matter is that if I had listened, we won't lose. See, God does not want you to lose. You know, I'm sharing these experiences with you. Even us as pastors, we need to walk the walk. Do you understand it? We need to, we walk it daily. God doesn't want us to lose. God doesn't want us to suffer. God doesn't want us to die untimely. God, God will guide us. We must train ourselves. Are you following what I'm telling you? To keep listening to that inward witness. That's why you see those prayers in the morning. I was talking about joining online prayers. Those personal devotions that you hold with God. God will give you direction. There are days you will read hmm? scriptures on forgiveness and that day you go to the office it's like everybody in the office wrote your name and said today we will offend you you know what God has just saved you to walk from their traps are you hearing what I'm saying but when you are not fully equipped in your spirit you say in this office Christianity is not stupidity because I'm a Christian does not mean I'm foolish you will walk into open traps are you hearing what I'm saying alright are you still here alright so, Jesus perceived the reasoning among the disciples. That's Ginoxico, Mark 16, 5-12. So let's look at the early church. Early church. Early church. Uh, Acts chapter 8. Let's look at the early church. Acts chapter 8. Are you learning something today? Come on, talk to me. Are you learning something today? Alright. If we listen to God, we won't lose. If we listen to God, we won't lose. Listen to Him. And don't let anybody put you under pressure. Take time to pray. Right? Treasure is a sign that you're in a hurry. God speaks. When, that's why when you want to make major decisions and you go on those three days dry fasting, it's pressure. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's a thing about seeking God, but in God responding to you, don't put pressure on His voice. Just say, Lord, I'm seeking you where these things are. Sometimes the way God will lead you, you will just be hearing a message, a word will come forth. It might not be directly through you. You see, if you understand how God leads, your life will be easy. Praise God. 
And I'll tell you about not forming idols in your heart. Because once you form idols in your heart, in the book of Ezekiel, it says, I will speak to them according to the idols in their heart. So you must understand that before God leads you, there must be no idol in your heart. When you have mounted up how your life should go, you always hear in that direction. Okay. Alright. Are we here? Come on, are we here? Alright, so I said you should turn to what? Acts chapter 8. Okay, verse 23. You know the story, right? Philip <laughs> went to preach in Samaria. Okay? Now, there was Simon the sorcerer, the guy, you know, got born again. Then, verse 18. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit bestowed through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Child of God, if it was today, what are we going to do? Hey, talk to me. This guy brought seed. Right? And say, Ah, I want to sow into your life. <laughs> Give this authority to me. Say, This man recognized grace. It's recognized grace. We're not joking in this place. <laughs> look, at what, look at what happened. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you. Because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part or portion in this matter. For your heart is not right with God. Therefore, Repent of this wickedness of yours and pray that the Lord, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. Verse 23. Give me verse 23. It says, For I see. That word see is the Greek word perceive. For I perceive that you are in the goal of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. Oh God, what have I done? It's simple. I just said, This authority you are using to bless people. Here is seed. Give it to me. Now, it, it looks cool. It looks casual. Are you hearing this? But look at what, Paul, what Peter perceived. He says, I perceived iniquity in your heart. So, it's not everything that glitters that's gold. Spiritual perception will help you to pick this up. Are you following what I'm saying? I've gone to some places to preach. I've gone to some places to preach. And immediately accept the invitation. The Lord says, preach, don't take an offering. Don't receive any honorarium from them. I don't know why he said so, but I'll just obey. Does my flesh feel comfortable with that? No. A thousand times no. Sometimes I don't even want to discuss how much they wanted to give me. Because, you know, if you sometimes you not hear how much they wanted to give you, you can say, God, I will, will talk later. Let me collect it. Then we'll... Because that's what happened to Balaam, right? That's what happened to, 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 to Balaam, the prophet. He was, the guy wasn't a false prophet. He saw God where. He heard God where. When the king kept raising the amount, he negotiated with God. The Bible calls it the error, the madness of the prophet. I think I need to write a book on that. The madness of the prophet. What causes the madness of the prophet? Money. That's why many prophetic ministries today cannot stop their operation. Because money is the root of it. You think if I'm here now, you know, we are sitting writing notes, writing notes. If I call your phone number now, you will throw away notes. Ah, Papa, go deeper. Then <laughs> I say, I'm in your village. Oh, oh, you have entered. You see, what that does sometimes. Okay. But what about if every one of us could hear God that accurately? We'll be a bunch of successful people. It's, it won't be only one man succeeding. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Imagine you being able to work with God. You are all, imagine all the decisions you make in your life are 99% accurate. Where would you be? 
That's what God wants. Moses says, I wish that all of God's people were prophets. The desire of every man of God should be that the people who sit under him should hear God as clearly as he hears God. If every one of you hear God 100%, our job will be easier. That's the truth. Are you following what I'm saying? Alright. Where am I? Acts 8. Okay, so he saw that. But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourself, so that nothing of what you said may come upon me. <laughs> if it's today's Christian, you say, What I wanted to sow. You know, just go on Facebook. I wanted to sow a seed. Man say, I have God of bitterness. Do you think I have God of bitterness? Comment section, 156 comments. The proof of your maturity is being able to take corrections that confront the intention of your heart. Do you understand what I'm saying? I remember early days I was coming up in ministry, I went to a meeting. My friends, they had promised us that we're going to teach 20-20 minutes. Then this guy came and taught and taught and taught and taught. <laughs> After his 20 minutes, when it was every 22 minutes, me and my friend, we closed notes. What is he even teaching? What, what is it? F? What another time we were... <laughs> oh God. God has helped us. <laughs> you know, that time we were basking in revelation knowledge. I've read E.W. Kenyon. We are... Ah, we're just looking for where to preach. Where can we release this thing? Huh? We will pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Huh? That day the man taught for almost 30 minutes. I was the smallest one. I've always been the smallest one. Then and I said they have 15 minutes more. So my friend I said, let me just go. <laughs> I looked at him. I said, oh, because, because I'm small. God will disgrace all of you. <laughs> you know? So my friend thought, was I happy leaving that meeting? No, I was not happy. Did I receive anything? Nothing. Even what I received before, I left, I left it with them. I was upset. I was angry. Went to my room. And my friend said, should you see me off? I said, no, no, no. I'm okay, I want to pray along. I didn't want to pray along. I just wanted to be. You know, but when I got home, so usually I have my night of prayer, I have my time of prayer. So I was praying, I was praying, praying in tongues, praying. So God said, "What are you doing?" So that day, God confronted something in my heart. He said, "What's more important? Is it that the word is taught, or that you should be the one teaching it?" Because the question here is not that what they taught was wrong. The question, do you understand that? The question is not that they were teaching rubbish, because you are my guys. The question was not that. The issue is that you were not the one holding the mic. That's the issue we are dealing with here. It's not that there was false doctrine, there was manipulation. So the issue is that because you were not the one holding the mic, you don't think the meeting was a blessing. And you see, it's a problem. Because, and that meeting, testimonies that came out. People got healed. You know, you're almost feeling like, I know now, you know, he behaved. What is it? I was not part. Do you understand? We'll just be walking and say, ah, that meeting you people conducted. And you know, God has a way of arranging things to really stoke your pride. People will come and say, ah, tell your friend when he was teaching. I'm like, no, no. It didn't happen when he was teaching. Do you understand that? You see, but that's how you mature the gift of God. Because the gift of God is character transformation. A, a donkey can prophesy. So prophecy is not the biggest thing. It's the heart. So imagine if God did not cure that, I might not be here today. Do you understand that? So how did I get there? I said the greatest sign of maturity 
is when God uses this awareness of the spirit to confront the issues of our heart. Not just for other people, but our heart. Is that okay? Alright. So, uh, Acts chapter 10 verse 34. At Cornelius' house, Peter perceived, the word used there is catalambano, that God is no respecter of persons. Acts 10 34. That perception changed the early church. It says, I perceive. Acts 10 34. Opening his mouth, Peter said, I most certainly understand, Catalambano, that God is not one to show partiality. The Jews and the Gentiles received that. Peter perceived that. So you can perceive God's mind for people, perceive the things of the Spirit. Right. Okay. Um, Acts chapter 14, verse 7 to 10. Something happened here. Acts chapter 14. Verse seven to ten, and see, God wants to work on this, work, work around these things with you. Acts fourteen seven to ten, and they, and there they continue to preach. At least try a man was sitting who had no strength in his feet, lame from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man was listening to Paul as he spoke, who, when he had fixed his gaze on him and had seen that he had faith to be made well. Let me have the King James version. The word "seen" there, King James version, or the or the New King James. Seeing there is a word perceived in the man. And seeing that he had faith to be healed. Let's see the King James Version. That word seeing there is the word perceived. King James. The word. Alright. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding and perceiving. So you see that most times these translations, you know, work on, use the other words. Understand the man had faith to be healed. Seeing the man perceived. So you can be teaching like this and you perceive people had faith to be healed. Most times when it happens to me, it's on the healing line. Alright? So if, I'm, if I, for instance, call for a particular sickness, I, I feel that the Lord wants me to pray for people with a particular sickness and I call them forth, I can just be praying in the Spirit and I can feel in my spirit someone who is ready to receive. It's usually good to start with that person. Okay, early days when the Lord was teaching me about healing, uh, those those early days, especially in the words of knowledge. Um, if it's time to minister to healing to people, I would feel pains in certain areas. So I might feel pains, you know, light pains in my hand. I'll know there are people who had pains in their hand. Those was early days, not now. So God works with you gradually, right? God works with you gradually, and I share all these stories not to exalt myself but to just tell you that we all have to work this journey you all and the 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 earlier you start the better for you it's not something you force just your fellowship with god just your fellowship with god so you perceive that the man had faith to be healed all right so you can also perceive the superstitions in people Acts 17 22 for perceive the superstitions this happens when you go into a territory right when you go into a territory Acts 17 22 Right? Look at this. He says, So Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respect. King James Version. King James Version, KJV. Right? So he says, I, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. So you can go into a territory and perceive. Right? One of the things, and we've repeatedly spoken about it in our church, one of the things you perceive strongly on this island which every one of us must be conscious of is the spirit of discouragement and depression. Something that's strong on this island. Depression and discouragement. And you know the interesting thing? You know why it's a spirit? 
we don't have any reason to be so in this island. You know why? <laughs> this is one place, of course, until recently. This is one place where light is constant. You have light. You are not paying so much. And some of you have jobs. Right? You can just be doing security. 100, 100k. <laughs> Go to Lagos. And find out people who are any 100,000. You'll be amazed at the work they do. Yet, in the midst of abundance, people are not happy. It shows you that there's a spirit. Alright? It took, it took us time, but we perceive it. And there's a spirit. And you must deal with it. Must deal with it. Right? You can just all of a sudden begin. So you must deal with that. It's a controlling spirit over certain places. Alright? You go into some cities, it's just pro, uh, promiscuity. You go into some cities, it's just being lavish. All of that. So Paul perceived that. It wasn't like he read it. He picked it up. So you can go into places and... Uh, okay, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example about this. Have you, have you entered a house where people quarreled? You know, maybe people have just had what you call hot quarrel. Quarrel that maybe pots and spoons were flying. And then you just entered and they are trying to pretend that... They, uh, it's like all of you have experienced... All of you here is like... Uh, do you understand? You, you, you just feel that... Mm-mm, mm-mm, something is not right. Do you understand that? You know, that's because of the atmosphere that has been created in the, in the natural. So, that's perception. Okay? So, perception is not something you can actually probably lay hands on, but you can pick things up. Okay? So, Acts 27 turn, uh, Paul perceived that there's going to be danger. We read that already. Alright? Have you learned something tonight? Yeah. So, Paul perceived that there was going to be danger. Andrew Womack talked about a time where he was to go preach somewhere. And uh, he was to buy the tickets. I think they've already bought the ticket or something. But he just felt uneasy. He just felt not very comfortable with the trip. And he called off the trip. The host was very upset and everything. And later on, the flight they were to use, you know, had an accident. You know, perception can save us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, as I began to prepare for this message, and I began to study this scripture, I began to also see the reason why a lot of our decisions should not be made hurriedly. Just pray over some things. Okay? Just pray some more. Oh, I know I want to do this, but just pray some more. Just, just pray some more. And let me say this. We must be willing for the Lord to tell us no. Because you realize most of our prayers is to make God say yes. Do you understand? Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So all our prayers is, God bless this. God bless this. We're not even asking Him... <laughs> Should we even do this in the first place? Right? Should we even do this in the first place? So, God wants us matured. Right? And that's why we're doing this series about being planted. Grow in the local church. If God has asked you to be here, know that God wants you here. Be planted. This is not the year to go left, right, and say, <laughs> you know, someone posted something. And I'll close with this, right? One of my friends posted something. I think I put it on my status. He said, into this church, <laughs> he said, it's like the woman at the well that Jesus will tell someone, say, go call your pastors. Go call your pastor. <laughs> then the, the person will say, I have no pastor. He said, you are correct. Say, you have 50 pastors. And the one you are with now is not even your pastor. <laughs> I don't think that's how God wants us to work. And don't be like the woman. 
that if God says go call your pastor you can't point to one man and God will say you are correct you have 40 pastors and the one you are with now is not even your pastor can we pray Father thank you for your word thank you for the ability to look into your word Lord we repent tonight of times we've missed your instructions because we didn't pay attention we ask that those mistakes be reversed we pray that you give us a clean slate we ask, Father God, that through the course of this teaching, a series on being planted in the local church, mastering Satan's deception, and Lord Jesus Christ, just spiritual perception, that you will teach us what to do and how to grow in this. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.